I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha. And this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome. I don't know why I decided to talk with my hands today. But it's exciting. This is where we You should we're talk at. with your <laughs> I don't know smile. We just do the whole podcast just with an awkward smile on our that faces. That sounds awful. That hurt. <laughs> well, you know how they always say, like, you know, when you're on the phone, like, make them hear your smile, like, or, or just, like, whatever oh, it is. Uh, yes. Um, luckily, mm-hmm. we're on YouTube, so you can see our smiles. <laughs> <laughs> our beautiful smiles. And all the rest of the emotions that we will probably portray when we talk about the 2022 American psychological horror film, Smile. Hi. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me, but not a friendly smile. It's the worst smile I've ever seen in my life. And whenever I see it, I just get this god-awful feeling like something really terrible is going to happen. It told me that today's the day that I'm, I'm going to... Do you see it right now here? One day I'm going to have like an air horn or confetti just like exploding. I think you should. One of those like little bombs (laughs) that you pull and just explode. Yep. Uh, Or (laughs) like the title card says, smile, 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 smile. (laughs) Which I actually dug very much. So this film was written and directed by Parker Finn in his feature directorial debut. Do you guys know any other things off the top of your head that he has uh, written or been a part of? I do not, actually. Mm-mm. Well, you know, that is a question in itself, how people get on that journey to, and now this is your first feature film, and here you go with all these amazing people starring in it, like Sosie Bacon, which is a great name, Kyle Gallner, our favorite Scream King, because, oh my mm-hmm. God, I love him in everything. Amen. Kyle Praise Gallner, be sorry. to Kyle. Yes, to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we have Cal Penn, Rob Morgan, Caitlin Stacy, and oh, wait, did you guys see that? It was like a flash against the screen. I think it's A Train from. <laughs> oh no! Oh I'm like, oh no! You really got I'm me. I'm like, oh no! What? It's like, oh no! Everything's breaking. <laughs> I'm like, what? What did did the tech break down? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was yeah. too good. Hey, I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Go see Nikisha uh, currently in the Hamilton tour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we love our Jesse T. Usher, which I didn't know that was his last name, Usher. Uh, our, our very own A-Train from The Boys is in this, playing a not-so-fun character, but, you mm-hmm. know, we love to see him. 
And we support uh, anything that he's. So he's getting work. So that's I don't care if he plays. <laughs> right, exactly. He's getting work, yeah. and uh-huh. that's totally cool. So obviously, heavy spoilers for the movie Smile. And Jamie, tell us about those trigger warnings. All right. Truly, before any, if you have not seen this movie, you absolutely need to know that the movie centers around suicide. You have to know that is like the main trigger warning complaint that I heard about people who saw this movie not knowing, which again, like, you know, you want to reserve some things for surprise when you're seeing a movie saying that as the person who spoils everything for themselves. However, (laughs) you have to know there's a huge suicide trigger warning going into seeing smile. Um, that is like in, in a variety of different ways. So like, you know, for folks who do struggle with mental health, um, you should know that a thousand percent before deciding to see this movie. Um, and there's a lot of references to trauma, like folks experiencing trauma, folks referencing past trauma. Um, but yeah, you, you need to know going into this, that this movie heavily centers around suicide and mental health. Yeah. Oh, and we'll get into all of that because of course we all have questions about how that is handled, how mental health is handled in this movie. So, Brian, well, before we get into things, Brian, do you have some words for us? Yeah. I mean, you can see us smiling on YouTube. Hi. Um, (laughs) But you can follow us on all social media. Uh, That's our dog, Ted. He's um, making sure that you follow us on social media. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) At Talk Horror Pod on Instagram, on TikTok, and on Twitter for as long as Twitter lasts at this point. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole thing. Woof. <laughs> Beautiful. So have you guys watched anything new? I know there's a bunch of trailers out right now for some new stuff. Yeah, we have. We binged all of Severance finally. Oh, I, I couldn't get through all of it. Oh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I will yeah. say that it is excellent. It is mm-hmm. really slow. It's very repetitive. Yeah. A lot of the things they're saying are the same things over and over again. But tonally, we loved it. And the finale okay. of season one is absolutely spectacular. Tr- maybe some of the best 45 minutes hour of television I've watched this year um, combined with okay. it. But to me, the slow burn and all of that is absolutely worth that last hour. Okay. Ted just threw out his own uh, rope toy into my garbage, so I just needed everyone to know this. <laughs> he said, I'm done with yeah, this. Yeah, he's like, Goodbye. he's like, stop <laughs> recording a podcast and play with me. Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to get back into Severance. I watched maybe the first three episodes, and it was, I think, a little too slow for me. But to know that there is something at the end of the tunnel is... Is very nice. Yeah, so. and I would say that the quality of the last episode outweighs the sleepiness of the first eight episodes, or at least first okay. four or five. Because mm-hmm. like once you get once yeah. you hit like episode like five or six, I would say like it really starts to get going. Um, but mm-hmm. everything they put in place builds this world that you need to truly be affected by the last couple of episodes. Okay, fantastic. You, you, Have you guys watched? Uh-huh. You agree, Jamie? I know you were. Um, Ted garbaging. Yes, I was Ted garbaging. Um, but yes, I mean, I I really enjoyed it, even though it was a slow burn, because like there was enough kind of hooking me in where I was like, I just want to know 
like what's going on. Like yeah. I just want answers. And it's like, it, it, you kind of do teether on the edge between like, are you going to give me enough to like have me invested or is this just like too slow? And I'm just like, whatever, whatever, whatever world we're dealing with here is like not that interesting to me. But yeah. I was like, it's like just enough where I'm like, mm, let's just see the next one and see what happens. Yeah. Which is, that's very true because even though it is slow, they give you like one little nugget of, oh, here's a piece of the puzzle. And then you're like, oh, okay, I want to know exactly, I want to know what's going to happen next. So let me just sit through the next thing and get like another piece of the puzzle and then keep going from there. But Mm -hmm. that's good to know. Have you guys watched the trailer? uh, Was it called Bones and All? Yes. yeah, that is. Yeah, that that's like highly, highly anticipated. Yeah, that's like number one or two on my list right now. Okay, yeah, um, I'm excited to see that. Somebody in the cast sent it to me, and oh, Timothy. So we're gonna see how that uh, <laughs> how that all works out. The but reviews are I'm excited for that. When is spectacular that? for that? Oh, hmm. when does it come out? Uh, well, it, this year I, or next year? No, it's this year. Um, it was released at, um, I think, uh, Toronto Film Festival, um, and like that's mm. where people saw it. But it te- it comes out. It's it's technically out right now, but not. I don't know if it's in wide release right now, but it is okay. out wi- right now. Like, um, it's it's in two movie theaters near here, but like not in some of the bigger ones. Okay, good to know. Well, I'm sure that we'll probably be covering that when, I would, when we see. I would that love as well, to so. cover that. I would love to cover the menu. Um, those are two that are very high on my list to see. That was me eating. interesting. (laughs) I also get every time, because, uh, when I went to go see Nope, the menu trailer and the Triangle of Sadness trailer was on, but it was both, I just see people eating. Have y'all seen the Triangle (laughs) of Sadness? Uh Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. But that's like one that's like on the boat that sinks, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. But I always get confused and think like that's the menu, but that's not that one. It's it's a different one. So they're, I'm sure they're Either both one. saying something about like class systems and 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 stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fantastical. Well, let's get into smile. I think we need a two minute plot summary, and I think it's my turn. Yeah, so. I think Yay. I think it is your turn. <laughs> I think it's been long overdue for me to do this. What's the plot? <laughs> And I'm going to pull a Jamie and have a little bit of help from my friend, uh, Wiki. All right. As you should. But. Wiki P. You only have those two minutes. So three, two, one, go. Okay. So we open with a therapist. Her name is Rose and she's just doing her therapy thing. And then this really kind of um, unhinged woman comes in and she is saying that she is going to die. She saw her professor on Alive himself and she says that she is next and something is following her. An entity is following her, but it looks like people, people that she knows, people that she doesn't know. And so eventually, because Rose is not really listening to her, this woman that comes in that is unhinged, she unalives herself in front of Rose. And so now Rose has to sit with that. We also find out that Rose uh, was had trauma and she found her mother um, dead in her house. And so she's dealing with that trauma as well. So anyway, after this, she sees this woman kill herself. She is now experiencing what the woman was talking about. She's seeing different people that she knows or doesn't know that's smiling at her in this weird way. And that entity just keeps getting closer and closer. And, uh, 
here comes A-Train not being a great fiance and not believing her and like blaming her and basically saying that she's crazy uh, and that he doesn't want to have kids with her because that can be passed down, which that just blew my mind. So anyway, she has to kind of deal with this herself. She finds her ex-boyfriend, I guess, who's like a part of the police force to try to help her figure out what the deal is. And the thing is, is that if you see someone unalive themselves, then you are the one that's next. And she's trying to stop the thing from happening to her. So she ends up going to her old childhood home to try to face her trauma. And she feels like she faced it, but psych, she didn't. The entity was just messing with her mind. And so her ex-boyfriend police person eventually finds her in this house and she turns around with a big creepy smile and covers herself in gasoline and then lights a match and the police officer saw Rose unalive herself so then it blacks out and we just assume that the police guy is next and that is smile the trauma never goes away yay <laughs> yay <laughs> that was really that was good, good. <laughs> thank ya and that's the plot <laughs> Okay, so obviously this is all of our first time seeing this, but I want to say that you guys saw this in theaters. Yes. Can you tell mm-hmm. me how that experience was? <laughs> how was the audience <laughs> overview? Of well, this? I like, just want to say happened? that it was an incredible <laughs> movie experience. Everyone was genuinely scared. <laughs> the amount of jump scares that got people, but I will say this was the mm. first time that I ever heard Jamie scream <laughs> Full voiced in a movie theater. Just like she got got. I did get got. What was the one that got you? The car. I'm so mad at the one that got me too. It was her in the car after she, when she goes to the hospital and she brings Mm. the knife with her Mm -hmm. and she has that whole like dream sequence. Then after the dream sequence, she's, or like right at the end of it, he's like up against her car window. It's like very stupid. And I, I'm so mad. It's okay. It's okay. (sighs) (laughs) That's, that is what it is for all the jump scares for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But man, this was like, I will say as a movie going experience, this was like one of my favorite, like there's really nothing quite like seeing a horror movie in a movie theater mm-hmm. that's like with a bunch of other people who are kind of all on the same wavelength as you. Cause there's like that kind of connection that you share with the theater who's mm-hmm. like reacting and you're like feeding off of other people's reactions, but not in like an obnoxious distracting way, yeah. but just in like, we're all in this, like we're on this ride together, everyone. Yeah. And like here, like let's go. And I will also share that I did not spoil this movie for myself. So it made me very, very anxious. And I knew I was already going to be anxious because I am a, a, a therapist mm-hmm. and B someone that doesn't like creepy things with mouths. So it was like, mm. this movie was made to make me uncomfortable. Um, yeah. and I, I was so uncomfortable in my seat and like trying to hide and protect myself. But like, I thought that my heart was going to like, I thought I was going to throw up my heart and then eat it again and then have it come out of my butt. Like I was just like, because the, the it's Fantastic. just like nonstop. This movie was relentless with mm-hmm. jump scares and like between the actual like things happening on screen to the freaking sound design was 
insane. It's yeah. like you're completely surrounded by all of this like uncomfortable, distressing noise that mm. is it's also like physically vibrating your chair. Mm. So like there's no relief. Like you don't get any relief when you see this movie in theaters. So that's how I would describe that theater going experience. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, do you have some more to add to that? No, it that was, was awesome. <clears throat> like everybody was there and was locked in. There was no one obnoxious yeah. or like everybody in our movie theater was totally in the mood to be scared and go along for the ride. It also the seemed best. like nobody in the audience knew really what this movie was. And and I mean that as a good thing because this movie, in my personal opinion, this movie does an excellent job of, or at least the marketing for this movie, telling you what the what it's about ish um and then mm-hmm. saving a lot of the crazy stuff for the movie itself i did not feel like Absolutely. i got fully spoiled like a lot of horror movies do nowadays and that's and and i had a very similar feeling very different movies but had a similar feeling with barbarian where like i feel like i went into these mm-hmm. two movies not knowing ex- anything except for like what what the setup is and then the rest of the movie mm-hmm. took me on a ride but this these jump scares like really got the audience going yeah i mean i know we've talked about the marketing before on other podcasts but just claps for them because it is excellent oh. just seeing all of the creepy women on like the good morning show and all uh the baseball games and all the things oh. like what a way to put your movie out there. I really hope that it did really well in the box offices just based on getting people in the seats, you know, even if people didn't care for it or whatever the case may be. Like, I really just hope that a lot of people saw this movie based on the Sure. Marketing. And if you care, this movie cost $17 million to make and it made $211 million. So oh, great. we wow. might get a smile too. keep on smiling. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it was open-ended. It, it, keep, on keep on smiling. smiling. Keep on smiling. Also, Nikisha, um, you said mm-hmm. you, you liked um, you liked Sosie Bacon's name. You know that she is Kevin Bacon's daughter, yes? Stop it. I did not. Yeah. And I was looking to see like what, what other stuff that she had been in, and it was just TV shows or movies that I, I had not seen but heard of. Sure. And I, wow, Sosie Bacon absolutely yeah i didn't know she's, that mine blown. she's kevin bacon i believe kira sedwick's daughter mm-hmm. oh my yeah where was she? okay so she should have been in all of his movies I, I, if you look at her i'm i'm gonna look at right now if i click and i'm pretty sure that her parents like tried to kind of keep her from doing <laughs> certain things but she was in lover boy which uh was directed by kevin bacon okay and so um but I think otherwise they kind of were like, eh, maybe you don't need to do this. But then she just, you know, leaned into it. She was it. on the yeah. Scream TV show. Mm. Oh, first season or second season? Um, she was a reoccurring three, role in seasons one and two. Okay, so maybe I saw yeah. her because I watched season one of that. Sure. She was also in uh, Mayor of Easttown. Right, that's the TV. Wait, show really? That I oh, I didn't remember that. Yes, yeah. that's the that's the um, Kate Winslet TV show about Pennsylvania. Yeah. Wow, wow. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, yes. All right. Well, share that. 
Yes. No, I, I needed to know that. And now my life is complete that there's <laughs> Josie. Wow. Not Josie. That's why I like her name. Josie because it's Josie and and she said, I saw in an interview, uh, she was on the Kelly Clarkson show, and she said that she actually really enjoys singing. So she is a songstress. <clears throat> she can sing, sing. Uh, But yes, Sosie Bacon. So uh, let's get into our first segment of Likes and Gripes. And now our Likes and Gripes. Anyone want to start? I will throw the table open. You start. For anyone wants to start. You start. Gripes. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. do it. Fantastic. Nikisha, you tell us your likes and gripes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I did not watch this in theaters, which I feel like I would have had an even better experience watching it in theaters, but I did watch it with one of my friends who is not a horror movie person, but she will watch movies with me and it's fantastic because she will scream at everything. <laughs> oh. Or <laughs> so you're saying it was very loud while you watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and not even loud, but it's just funny because she will also just kind of cover her eyes and be like, okay, tell me when to. So when the first girl was like make slitting her throat or making like the little smile or whatever with the glass, she was just like, tell me when it's over. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> um, but I, first off, it, I just have to say how much therapy is important and how much I was watching this movie and thinking, oh my gosh, I do not understand how therapists do what they do. I can't believe at one point that I wanted to do this myself because wow, 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 the things that you experience and see and have to kind of take in. And I'll ask this question later, but I just kept thinking, like, how do you release this stuff that is being told to you, especially if you might be a very... um uh, if you're an empath, you know, and you take mm. a lot of emotions in and how do you separate all of that stuff? Because who, and then seeing somebody, seeing a patient of yours, just, you know, unalive themselves in front of you is just very kind of wild to me. So just a shout out first and foremost to all of the therapists in the world, psychiatrists, people who work in mental health, because man, oh man, is your job <laughs> ridiculously hard. I loved the title card, just this, the flashing smile. I don't know what it is about that, but it's just very old school horror. Like, this is what you're in for. Just, we're going to be in your face mm -hmm. and it's going to be kind of random and wild, but here we are for the next hour and well, a half. So we've I talked about that, that a lot, how we've just been really impressed. And like the title cards of a lot of these movies have just got us so pumped. This barbarian, when she crosses a threshold fresh 30 yeah. minutes mm -hmm. in fresh Oof. yeah like yes. just some of these have just been like truly outstanding stuff uh oh i saw yeah. the devil another great one oh like, yeah just i get goosebumps oh thinking God. about how it just kind of frames the film like where they put it how they put it totally agree with you nikisha yeah. sorry i just got excited yeah no no no. it's great <laughs> uh and you know it's just so interesting in this movie just seeing like I hate when when women are not believed, and I've said this before millions of times on the podcast, and it's just infuriating when you have the sister. I didn't even talk about the sister in the uh, the mm. plot summary, but she was just the absolute worst. And that's the older sister, which was, in my mind, I was thinking, this doesn't seem right, but okay, mm. great. Why are you acting like this? So the sister was a nightmare. I mean, that's not really a gripe. It's just a, a testament to how great she played the role because, whew, that was a mess. 
Um, and the relationship with her boyfriend, A Train, was just not not great. But I do have one here. The sound effects for this movie are excellent, which is why I wish I would have seen it in theaters because I feel like it would have enhanced that a lot. But just the way that they use some of the sounds and even the cinematography, how some of the shots are or like the turning of the camera as it's like zooming in on something. Like I love stuff like that. It just adds so much to the tension in the story and it just makes it seem um, as chaotic as it was, which is what I, I loved it. Um, I was looking, oh, at first I was confused about the rules, but then the rules were explained out of, you know, you watch somebody die, you die. But my major, major, major gripe about this movie was the character Rose in the sense that she had to be smarter than that to not to think at the very last minute, oh, in order to stop the thing, I just have to not be around someone and like kill myself, you know, like the, the, the fact that she figured that out so late in the movie hmm. just didn't seem believable to me because this is a, we want to say that this is a smart individual. And when she found out everything that was happening, when she just says, oh, I have to be alone, <gasps> alone. And then she takes her car off and drives from, from the hospital. Hmm. It just, that so, was a big gripe for me. So um, I'm j I just want to say this here. I want to talk mm. about exactly that when we're all done with our likes and gripes because I have a question for everybody that is directly okay. related to what <clears throat> you're talking about. Just remind me. And if I forget, yeah. then it's lost forever to time. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do. I did love the twist of the fact that it wasn't that she just found her um, mother dead, but that she didn't help her. And so that just kind of adds to the the trauma mm -hmm. and kind of like why it affected her the way that it did. And, mm -hmm. you know, we always see the trope of something traumatic happens to you. And so now you feel like you have to help all the other people because you didn't help this one person. And usually you didn't get a chance to help the other person. Oh, good point. You know, and this is a matter of she chose not to help this person. Mm. And they passed. And so now she's like, okay, I have to really kind of redeem myself because of, of this moment that's happening. So I thought that that was a really uh, nice added layer of trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma that is uh, this movie. I do have a general question for general whole, question. Uh, <laughs> general <laughs> question for this. And I think we, when we were talking about this before we started recording, Jamie was going to get into this. But I wanted to know what the message of the movie is if it's not hmm. you can't es escape your trauma. <laughs> because when you get the fake out scene of, yeah, everything is fine. And of course, I'm, everyone's thinking, no, this is not going to be the end. There has to be something else that's, that's coming out. Like she didn't just face her trauma and now it's all done. Like this is too pretty of a bow that is wrapped. So you know that there's something underneath it. Nikisha, you, that was my question. What do you think this movie is trying to oh. say? Like, do you think like this movie ends in a pretty down way where like you cannot escape your trauma? Yeah. Like, what is that even like? Yeah, you still. That's great. I love it. This is perfect. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. This is great. I'm the producer. When you come up with the question without me having to intervene, it makes my job easier. <laughs> yeah so I mean that's, that's a real question because I was talking to I was talking to my friends about this afterwards too because 
I I love putting mental health and horror like in the forefront. And um, like you said, Brian, it's not just scares for scares. It's some meaning behind it. And I think that's where we get all these high level horror things because it's not just to scare you. Um, but when there's no kind of solution or resolution in this, if you're going to lean so heavily on trauma, 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 this is what's going to happen. You know, you should be in therapy, blah, blah, blah. But if the message is not, this is how you can escape it, then why make a movie that's so heavily on trauma? What do you guys think? I mean, that's a great question because, like, this movie ends saying that you can't escape it. That, like, yeah. the demon of trauma is coming to get you. And I think that ties into what you were to your gripe, Nikisha, and that mm. no matter how smart or how educated this person is, yeah. when it comes to her trauma, she is helpless to it. She has tried to mm. fill the hole or try to cover the trauma with her work with helping other people with all with a relationship that isn't necessarily right for her you know like mm-hmm. it, they make the assumption that um in their relationship with the um cop like she couldn't tear her walls down and like you know yeah. and 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 so that kept her from that and now she's in this very surface level relationship which is shown through a train bolting out of there, if you will. Um, but, um, you know, and so I think the part of the movie is saying that like, no matter how smart this person is, and she's presented as very smart, but not good mm-hmm. at taking care of herself, potentially emotionally. Yeah. At the end, it's just like, she's still this individual person. If it was just her, I would say, you know, this movie is saying that like this individual person couldn't help herself, but this is a chain. This is all of the people before here that couldn't. So it's saying over and over again that we can't escape our trauma. And the only time that this person was able to escape their trauma was to cause trauma for somebody else. Yeah. And so yeah. it's I, 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 don't, I don't know what it's trying to – let me rephrase that. I think it's trying to say that like you need to take care of your trauma like in a very realistic way or it's going to get you. Mm. But I don't know if it does a great job of that. Um, uh, yeah. In the end, but I know that Jamie read something on kind of what the director was trying to do in general, and maybe that will inform the ending. Cool. I mean, one thing. So I heard it on a podcast, and then and then they weren't speaking very highly of what the director's vision was, but that's okay. <laughs> um, like just this idea that, like, yes, we're all experiencing trauma. Like, think about it through the lens of like the pandemic. Um, that like, we're all going through this shared experience, but then we're all expected to like put on the front, wear a smile and just Mm. say that we're fine and like power through. And so like this idea that like, um, like outwardly we might be presenting one type of way, but like under the surface, there's so much pain and distress and like overwhelm and anxiety and, and depression and like whatever is going on under the surface is like hidden behind a smile. And I thought that was like a really interesting thing because like, you know, in terms of escaping your, your trauma or like, like how do you resolve trauma? Like you can't escape your past. You can't, you can't like pretend like it didn't happen. And, and you know, the ways in which our trauma does impact us, like whether it's 
leading you directly into a field where you like want to help people because like you felt helpless previously Mm -hmm. or like whatever it is, you know, that it's, you're still carrying that with you, even as you're leaning into like the field that you're leaning into you know, in the case of our protagonist, but like, you know, both kind of acknowledging that like, it's still there Mm -hmm. despite all of the strides that you have made. Like, I think that's, that's part of what it is, is that like, you can't just pretend like it's under the surface and gone or like compartmentalized. Like compartmentalizing is like a totally fine defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites, but if it becomes your only way of dealing with things, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna find that like, you're not actually able to like neatly box all of that stuff up. And it's going to, it's going to, eek out of the box and, and like hit you when you're least expecting it. And like, that's, that I think is like also part of this is that like, you can't really totally let these things go or like, you know, I think it's like accepting that like, it's an experience that, that stays with you, that impacts you even into the present, Mm -hmm. even as you're, you know, deciding how you want to continue to like live your life and stuff, but like that it's still there ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I loved the image of the trauma barbarian lady opening up Rose's mouth. I hated it. It had so many teeth. That was an an excellent, like, trauma monster design. Monster. Yeah. And I'm sure that everybody sees something different in terms of, like, her mother turned into the trauma monster. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that, like, the um the professor that killed himself earlier yeah. saw a different type of trauma <clears throat> monster at the end or still with the teeth but like it, related to something um that he saw like yeah was it his brother yeah wasn't it like his brother yeah because that was a really interesting thread too of like they're sprinkling these breadcrumbs throughout the movie that the people who have experience who were like have gone through this experience where they ended up committing suicide Mm -hmm. because of this like weird curse that's happening that we also hear little tidbits of other traumas that they have endured. And so it's like, Oh, what does this mean? Like, you know, they're, they're, we're seeing the thread being connected and then it ends in like a really sad, hopeless way. But I, I think it's still, it's all like, it's all about perspective where you can see this like, oh, look at all these people who experienced these traumas and then, and then ended up, you know, trauma getting the better of them. But also like, what does it say for us to acknowledge and accept that like, we have had these experiences that they have impacted us, but that like, there's, there's also so much more to us than just the traumas that we've experienced. And like, how do we then like continue to move forward despite that being a part of our lives? So like, I think it's like, Yes, this ends on a really, really sad, hopeless note. But like, I, I think that's why it's important to like reflect on. Yeah, you can't you can't fully just say that it's like boxed away and in the mm-hmm. past. Like, it's it's here, it's present. But like, how do you choose to want to like live your life moving forward? Like, how do you like? What are you saying to yourself when you get up in the morning? Like, yeah. what is motivating you? What keeps you going? Because like. Are resilient like this movie is not really highlighting resilience, but like resilience is a really key part in how we're continuing to like deal with our trauma and and you know keep keep living day in and day out. Absolutely. Like that's that's meaningful. So here's, here's a question, yeah. and maybe we should go back to lights and gripes and save this, but I'll propose the question anyway. <laughs> um, a lot of the people who died or, or killed themselves were 
were older. And I don't mean like, I'm so old, you know, like, like they were not yeah. teenagers. They were, they were older, like a college student, um, a, you know, a, a, a working a professor, professor, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, all these people, is there a way, is it, I wonder if there's something about this that it's like, maybe this movie saying like after a certain point in your life, when you haven't done anything to actually, um, you know, heal the trauma, um, like mm-hmm. there's a point where like of no return where this trauma defines mm-hmm. you as opposed to who, you know, as opposed to being a part of you, as opposed to defining you. I, I, I don't, that's what I, that's also something that I find fascinating that like, no matter what yeah. these people who are affected were going to not be able to cast past it because they didn't, they, they were just too past the point of actual healing, which I don't think is true in real life. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah, Sorry, mm-hmm. we also talk a ton on this podcast when it comes to like the VV itch, the witch, or other or or mm-hmm. the conjuring, where these demons, these monsters, prey on the most vulnerable. And it seems yes. like this smile monster, this trauma monster, was enacting their suicides, their their unalivings in a room specifically where they can like feel the deep trauma of the other person. And then that eye shot where it transfers into the next person. Um, you know, mm-hmm. is an idea of like, they see something super triggering, like unaliving yourself. And that kind of brings up mm-hmm. all of their past trauma, even if it isn't directly related to that. That's one of my huge likes of this movie is how those moments happen. Cause I feel like with the yeah. rules and how it's all connected, definitely felt very, uh, believable within the context of like watching a horror movie where a demon is being passed from someone to someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course there's not like life is not a happy ending, you know, all the time. And it's good to reflect that, you know, in, in movie world as well. But it was just so, I guess the major connection gripe is the fact that she confronted the trauma, you know, and then there was still a bad result. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to if she just was continuing on just trying to like save herself but not really confronting her own thing and then it ends in that way, then that to me would make a little bit more sense in my mind because you – it just takes me back to Babadook, you know. And mm. it's uh, Nikisha, Nikisha his name is Mr. Robert Duke. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sir mm. Robert Duke. Um and it takes me back to that because that is a great example of living with the trauma because it's still in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you take care of it and you deal with it how you need to deal with it, but it's still there. It is a part of you. And so I guess I would have just liked if she just didn't confront it at all and there's not a great ending, but just the fact that she took the time to go back to the house and really kind of hone in on, you know, facing what she was going through and then still get a bad result was just like, Oh man. Yeah. And I guess like on top of that as well, and Jamie can correct me if I'm wrong, but like obviously trauma takes years to work through and one like mini session with herself, like trying to get through it is not enough to break the years that this has literally become her personality, like her subtextual personality. Um, yeah. And so that's more believable. It just 
listen, I think the bottom line is that like, it's just really sad. And you hope that you can get through your own traumas without getting bit by the trauma monster. But like, when it comes down to it, like you needed to start years ago, like if you have a final project due tomorrow, it's not going to be as good if you cram it the night before, as if you're spending weeks on it, really thinking it out. Oh, Brian, you didn't know me in high school. <laughs> in theory. That project got in a second. No, in theory. Right. <laughs> but that absolutely makes sense. Uh, yes, we've gone down like the, the mm, brains thing, but let's go back to likes and gripes. Brian, do you want to share some of your other likes and gripes? In this so movie? everything we've already said, this is a top five horror movie for me of this year. At the end of the year, when we do yeah. our top horror movies, um, we will, this will definitely be included in mine. And I still have a lot more to watch as we talked about, um, earlier in this episode. Um, but I, I just had a blast watching it. Um, a couple things that stood out to me again are the performances, uh, the way that it was written. And, uh, I really love, I personally love a, how do I stop this curse from getting me type of movie where like the middle is like a detective movie where you have to like figure it out. Like, so you get the scares and I thought this movie balanced detectives with scares really well i thought that this Mm. movie does an excellent job of making me question what's real and what's not which is why the twist at the end um really worked for me um i always appreciate seeing kyle gallner as we talked about um i think that every character is layered even the a-train character he does some good things he calls the therapist you know what i mean like and she feels I'm not I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do, but there is good yeah, intention yeah. behind that, even though even if it's selfish because he needs to figure out a way to, like, get through this. But their relationship wasn't great to begin with. So, like, that just is what yes. it is. Um, I loved the cat scene because you you can halfway oh. through you figure out what's coming and like mm-hmm. and you just don't want them to open it you hope it's a hallucination but like and then when she falls into the table and you justify why the sister like is really torn I don't agree with the sister did but is really torn between what she how can she help her sister but also like this is enough because the sister also left like the sister wasn't there like with the mom and stuff mm-hmm. so like there's this like there's this push and pull. It feels very like Stella and Blanche um, in some ways. Mm. Um, but mm-hmm. um, so there's that aspect of things. But I just like had an absolute blast. And if you listen to this podcast for long enough and you know me through the podcast or, or and, and you two know this about me, I prefer – I do not like slashers that aren't trying to say something. I think that like mm. these 80s movies or what – like I just don't connect with those because they don't say something deeper. Like 70s movies I connect with <laughs> and I just – I have a hard time finding meaning in like mindless slashers. Those are not like for me. Movies that I really attach to and I really am attracted to, especially ones that don't hold any nostalgia for me, like – like this one, I have no nostalgia for it. I had a great time in the movie theater, but what really stands out to me now in my, you know, this, this phase of my life watching movies is horror movies that really are trying to say something through analogy, through allegory. That's why I love Barbarian. That's why I love this movie. That's why I love The Witch. That's why I love a lot of these movies because it's trying to say something more. And this movie trying to say something about trauma, about how we deal with trauma, about how we can pass trauma on, how like uh, is mm-hmm. and how it forms in us um, and can kind of take over. Whether or not I agree or disagree or like or dislike the ending makes makes it very good to me and um and that's what i like about this movie um so i'll kind of just stop at that 
Beautiful. Jamie? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this God. Is, hey, podcast um, listeners, can you tell that I'm smiling through vocals? I can't. Wait, Chris. also, sorry, one second. Brian, are you wearing a Christmas sweater yeah. right now? Like a holiday sweater? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Sorry, I just saw that and I was like, it's... Wait until December, folks. Well, we're going. Anyway. We're going to a friendsgiving or after this, so I wanted to feel uh, festive. But yes, I understand. Okay. I understand <laughs> okay. the sentiment. Okay. We have not started playing Christmas Fair. music in the house or even Hanukkah right. music. No, that's a post Thanksgiving. Yeah. I have not yes. singing dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. We haven't played <gasps> my favorite Christmas song of all time, "Candy Cane Lane" by Sia. Um, none of those have started <laughs> just yet. I'm weak. Oh God, I forgot about that. See a Christmas album. Um, I don't know if I'm the psychologically prepared to hear it all the time. See a Christmas album. As Jimmy can attest, uh, for two years running, Candy Cane Lane was my Spotify number one song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian! I love it. It's yeah. great for like wow. when you're cooking. It's great for when you need like a boost of like <laughs> dopamine or adrenaline. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. I'll listen to it on the, the way that to work dog today. song. Oh yeah, there's the um, um, uh, puppies, are, puppies forever, are forever, not just for Christmas. <laughs> puppies are forever, what? not just for Christmas. And then there's the TikTok <laughs> one from last year, the bom 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 bom. Oh, the snowman yeah, uh-huh. one, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that album. I love that album. Moves aside, Mariah Carey. There's a new <laughs> queen of yeah. Christmas. Anyway, with that, and that has oh, been man. Christmas yes. Parlor Talk. <laughs> <laughs> perfect that was perfect wow Um, i will get through my likes and gripes quickly um i i really enjoyed this movie um i kind of figured that a lot of it would be around suicide so i i was like prepared for that Mm -hmm. um I also like very much, you know, empathize and identified with this idea of like a mental health professional who has like experienced stuff who's still in this field. Like mm. I, 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 you know, I imagine that there are many of us in the field who also really identify with that. So I, I think that that really lands. Um, I, you know, it, it's so disheartening when you're seeing all these people around somebody like not not believe. And like, we've seen that trope a lot of times, but Mm -hmm. it is interesting to like, kind of see her lean on her ex within their dynamic of like her not letting him in and finally having this one opportunity to like, you know, be a little bit more vulnerable, but she's still not being like totally forthcoming. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I, I, I did really like that dynamic, even though it's like a little bit tropey. Um, and again, I think that a train, um, you know, Yes, he he seems like the bad guy, but I, I think in the grand scheme, with the exception of him saying like, you know, I don't want your like bad mental health genes intermixing yeah. for our offspring, um, that's not cute. No. But like him calling the psychiatrist, like totally reasonable. Like he he's not a mental health professional. Like what's he going to do? I, right. I did not I did not fault him. 
for calling like another resource to, to help support her. Um, even though it, like, it does kind of seem like it's him passing the buck, but like, and that might be their dynamic, but like, you know, I do not fault him for reaching out for help in that moment. And I think that that was like, again, very reasonable. Um, I also really appreciate, like, I think that there's nuance and like, it's so complicated when you see what Rose's like childhood trauma is, Mm -hmm. is like, she's just a helpless kid that has that, like, that responsibility should not be on her. Yeah. And like, it's awful that now she's in that, that now she has to live with this, like this guilt that she carries that like, she didn't help her mom, but like what a position to, to be in. And like, again, I don't like I, it, <clears throat> even that feels like that totally lands. Like how many kids are, are parentified by being put in situations that like yep. they shouldn't have to be in and shouldn't experience. And like, what impact does that have on them? And how does that then like, you know, lead them to feel like they played more of a role or like had more responsibility than they actually did because they're just kids and they don't know. Um, so like seeing that play out, um, even if we didn't get that and it was just like the, the guilt and trauma of having seen her mom die from an overdose is, is heartbreaking enough to then feel like she has responsibility there is like really drives that point home. Um, but again, I think that like how she is processing it, like to me really lands and, and makes a lot of sense, like developmentally and, and psychologically. So, um, I, I appreciate that. Like there are, despite this being a movie about like, you know, uh, almost like this curse with teeth and smiles, Mm -hmm. um, that like, there are things that feel really grounded when it comes to mental health and the impact of trauma and the impact of trauma in childhood, how that like transitions into adulthood, what we're carrying with us, mm-hmm. um, you know, how we might be compartmentalizing things, how we might choose fields directly to feel like we're trying to undo things from the past. Mm-hmm. All of that I feel like is, is a, a very, very grounded, um, realistic way to like explain and, and present all of this information. So I, you know, again, it really landed with me. Um, and I'm, I've still been thinking about this movie, Um, there were maybe like some CGI things that like could have been a little bit better. Um, but not like nothing that really stand with the exception of the head twist that I'm trying to do. If you're watching on YouTube, (laughs) um, my head doesn't bend that way. So, uh, sorry. Um, but like, yeah, that was like super fake looking. Um, I'm trying to think of, yeah, like there weren't too many, Things. Oh, another like that I really liked about that particular sequence, and I remember Brian even saying it after we watched the movie, is there are moments where it's like you're also watching her as an outsider go through these experiences and you mm-hmm. see her reacting. So like after that sequence happens where she's sitting in the parked car and her sister does like the head twisty thing, you see her fucking screaming in her car from the outside. And like, it's really interesting that we also get those because like, again, as an outsider, you might be seeing somebody who's like, you know, slowly decompensating and like experiencing psychosis or like reacting to things that aren't really there. Mm -hmm. And that's your perception. And it makes perfect sense. And again, it really like when you're seeing it from the outside and also like her sister knows what 
what she had gone through. Like, this is what you might believe. It makes perfect sense. And then we're also seeing her own perspective of what she's going through. And she's like, no, this is like so real to me. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, I really liked that because it, it just reinforces how people might be perceiving her experience as like, you had childhood trauma. Now you're experiencing trauma in your job. And like, this is, this is finally it. Like you hit the breaking point and you haven't been taking care of yourself. And now look at what's happening. Like Mm -hmm. it, it, I think that that also was like a really important piece to include as well. Um, so yeah, very, very few gripes. I feel like everyone more or less acted like pretty, grounded ish and, and like thinking critically. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Also, let's just throw this out there again. Jamie is a therapist and if you're not following her on the Instagrams, you should to get more of these nuggets of wisdom because Jamie just did a whole sermon right there for all people. <laughs> I mean, that was wonderful. And hail Ratma. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, since we're already in the mood, in the atmosphere, let's go on to mm, brains. Mm. Tasty. <laughs> so I have to do that every time. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> So we've already kind of discussed a lot of the questions that I was going to ask, but here are just some things that I want to know if they are real or not. And one of the Smile things- Monster? Yeah. No. I don't think In that was real. In this segment we call, was this real or not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, which is, yeah, truly the whole movie. Was it real or not? Um, I do want to ask about the res what respiradol, respiradol, respiradol. That's the medication that Rose's therapist or Rose was asking her therapist for because she was starting to have all of these hallucinations. So, is that a real medication for hallucinations, Jamie? The answer is yes. Risperdal is. Risperdal is like the the name of the like the actual drug is Risperdone. So Risperdal is like the brand name, mm. um, but it is an antipsychotic which can be used to treat uh, symptoms of like schizophrenia, sometimes bipolar disorder. Um, but yeah, so antipsychotics are. Uh, medications that are prescribed for folks who experience um, like hallucinations um, of any kind. So that is a real thing. Beauty. Well, speaking of um, psychotic, there was something that was called acute post-traumatic psychosis. Is that a thing? Um, I don't know if specifically acute post-traumatic psychosis is a thing, but like acute psychosis is a thing, um, and, and like can be caused by trauma. So, um, that definitely lands. It could also be caused by, um, you know, uh, like head injury, um, uh, other, other illnesses that have things to do with like neurologically, um, like potentially Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, so, so always rule out your, uh, rule out medical stuff before you hit up the, uh, mental health sphere. But yeah, there could be other things that might be, um, or like medication, other medication you're taking potentially, um, alcohol, 
um, certain, certain other recreational drugs, but yeah. So rule out those things before you, uh, assume that it's mental health necessarily. Mm. And what exactly would be like acute psychosis? Like what makes it acute? Rosy uh, cheeks, (laughs) um, a button nose. (laughs) Are we getting divorced now? (laughs) (laughs) I know Um, that was being a very specific question. I was going to say, I was going to make a math joke about obtuse. Why is it not obtuse psychosis? (laughs) Brian's is better. (laughs) My guess is like time periods, um, like how long – I always get – this is where my – DSM knowledge is slowly <laughs> escaping my brain. It's all good. Um, but like, bre- like it's brief versus prolonged. Ah. Um, like post-traumatic stress disorder, like all diagnoses have like time periods associated with them. Like oh. you have to be experiencing symptoms in order to like receive like a formal diagnosis. There's mm-hmm. like criteria that you have to hit. So like you have to be experiencing symptoms for a certain period of time. Mm. These symptoms have to be impacting your ability to like function. So okay. like those are like the two for everything. Those are usually like the two main things that uh, that mental health professionals might be looking out for. Mm -hmm. And then again, specific to each diagnosis. So like acute being like short term, uh, like, you know, a, a, a thing happened and like, it's this short term period of psychosis. That makes sense. Okay. Fantastical. Well, my next question, last question, cause we already talked about some of the other stuff, but I want to talk about therapy burnout and just what do you do as a therapist to take care of yourself and not let the trauma of your clients affect you? And in turn, how do you deal with the burnout that might happen from that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure Brian can attest to just seeing a variety of versions of me in a variety of jobs that I've held and what my, what my general mental health state has looked like, but, uh, it really varies. Um, I think that I've also in my career have gotten to a place where like, I, I know what I look like when I'm burnt out. And I also know how important self-care is. Um, and it's something that like, I'm grateful that my uh, educational program talked a lot about self-care constantly yeah. in in school. So it's like they're building it into the programming, which I think is a really, really crucial part of like being in this field, regardless of like what population you're working with, what you're specifically doing. But the idea that like this work is really hard and challenging and it could be really hard to be in the roles that we're in and that we have to, in order for us to do the best work we can do for our clients and patients, we have to take care of ourselves because you yeah. can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So, um, so I would say, you know, it, it varies between like decompressing with a glass of wine and scrolling through TikTok for like three hours straight yeah. or watching TV and movies with my partner or like hanging out with my friends or planning trips. Um, oh, I always take my lunches no matter what. I will never, ever schedule anything with like one or two exceptions maybe, but like Mm. my lunch is my time. I will never, ever like boundaries around time. Super crucial. Um, 
I always, uh, I try to get up in between all of my sessions, either to go to the bathroom, grab a glass of water, more coffee, but like, I will, I will try to like move. Um, I, I try really hard to the best of my abilities to like finish all of my notes at a reasonable time. Mm -hmm. Um, like at the end of the day so that I'm not like kind of letting it pile up and like the anxiety of like, oh my God, I have a bajillion notes that I have to write, yeah. uh, you know, continues to like impact me. Um, also like getting support as a mental health professional, whether that looks like clinical supervision, the case consultations, mm. like having a group of other therapists that you can like connect with and just kind of like either it's like shooting the shit or actually like case conferencing stuff. Sometimes that's built into the work that we do. Sometimes it's not. I'm a solo practitioner, so it's just me. I don't have a supervisor um, because I'm not required to have one. So like if I want to be able to talk through a case with someone, I have to like, I have to find that service myself and Mm. pay somebody to like support me in that. But like that's, that's value added and it only helps me be like a better practitioner. So, um, but all of those things are things that like can help with both self-care and preventing burnout, just like not letting the, the, the work like continue to impact me and uh, like having boundaries between my work life and my personal life so that I'm able to like, cause I'm a person, like you have to remember that it's humans working with other humans. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a robot. I don't work with robots. That is something I literally say to clients. And in that, that means that like both of us have, you know, like human things that we're dealing with, but like from the practitioner side, like we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in all of these ways so that we're able to do the best work with our clients. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's fantastic claps because you have to take claps, care of claps. yourself. And, I, and mm-hmm. it's so great that it's built into the curriculum. Hopefully for everyone, but it was yes. for me. But it's, it's so important. I mean, you, of course, people are like, okay, therapists are on this upper level. We put them on this pedestal. But like you said, Jamie, I mean, it's two humans at the end of the day. So just like your therapist says, you should do this for mm. self-care. Like they are doing those same things for themselves because they, they need that as well. So I think that it's great that it's emphasized uh, in the curriculum that you have to, because that is a lot to deal with and to mm-hmm. be able to take that all in, but also release it so that you have a handle on your own stuff is pretty superhero-esque. So a shout out to all the therapists. <laughs> Because y'all are great. Mine, I, I love my therapist so much and it's it's so needed and helpful. And even if you don't think that something is necessarily wrong or that you haven't gone through specific uh, kind of trauma that you feel warrants therapy, you should still just take a session, see what happens. Because you never know. There could have been some things that you have suppressed that you didn't even, didn't even know about. <laughs> you know, it just... Like Jamie says, compartmentalizing things a lot of the times you don't realize it. And then one day you're like, oh, why am I just crying randomly? And it might have been something that happened a long time ago. Surprise! But you don't know that unless you're in therapy. So advocating for therapy, we'll always advocate for therapy because everybody needs it all the time. Fantastical. Well, I'm cool with my brains because all my other questions were answered in our likes and gripes. So are we ready for Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, let's do some Rotten Tomatoes. 
Tomato. Tomatoes. Oh, wait. Wasn't there – there was one other thing that I wrote down that I didn't say anything about, but compassion fatigue. Oh, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say something super quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, like, the – this particular work – is like we talked about burnout, but compassion fatigue is like a more specific uh, experience that definitely impacts like people in professions that are mm. caregivers or like just caregivers who are not paid to be caregivers. Um, but like the impact of helping others uh, often through like really difficult experiences mm. that like it can, it, it's kind of like a, a it's also associated a lot with like vicarious trauma. Um, but like, mm-hmm. you know, being in a situation where like you're being exposed to a lot of really difficult things, um, is like, a, a, an added layer to the, the burnout that you might experience because it's like the empath of it all is like, you are, you're, you're putting your emotions on the line to like support other people. Mm-hmm. Um, And you might find that like you're feeling more cynical or like detached um, in addition to like symptoms of depression, which also overlap with burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's to say that like, again, self-care is super important generally, um, not just if you're experiencing burnout from work or life, but also like compassion fatigue because like you're caring for people and like that can be really taxing. So again, self-care helps with compassion fatigue. Wow. What a great term because that, like you said, can apply to so many other professions of just helping people. But yeah, that's real. Fantastic. Now we can, now we can tomato it up. Tomatoes. Okay. Uh, what do you think Smile has on Rotten Tomatoes? Mm, I'm going to say 80. All right. Jamie? I I don't know what I think critics think about this movie, so I'm going to go with 68. Okay. This has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So Nikisha's okay, closest, cool. I'm glad they but like Jamie it. wins if we're playing uh, Price is Right rules. Um, mm, mm, but mm. And interestingly, <laughs> the audience score is 78%. So like right on track with both. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, wow. The critics' consensus is deeply creepy visuals and a standout Sosi Bacon further elevate Smiles unsettling exploration of trauma adding up to the rare feature that satisfyingly expands on a short. I guess this was a short movie beforehand. Um, yeah, because mm. um, the first girl uh, victim that Sosie sees kills herself, she was in the oh, short. Oh, cool. Um, uh-huh. The audience says, you may need to pay close attention in order to keep up with the story, but fans of slow-burning horror should leave Smile with a grin. I don't I don't necessarily okay. I don't think this movie was like <laughs> hard to keep up with. I don't think so either. But uh it's very straightforward, yeah. but but yeah. cool. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Four S's. Yes. 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 Yes.
Okay, the four S's are Skulls, Scares, Shakes, and Suggestions. You have to rank Skulls, Scares, and Shakes, one through ten. And uh, Skulls is mental health, human behavior. Scares is how scary it was. Shakes is going to stay with you. Um, It was a one and done or whatever. And Suggestions is Walmart pack. A two-pack of Walmart movies, what would this be paired with? Um, Let's just do the ranking ones first. Uh, Jamie, why don't you start us off? So for Skulls, I'm going to give it a 6.5 because, like I said earlier, I think – oop, I just lost all of my things. I think that – I think that people are really peopling in this for the most part and making fairly sound decisions and choices that feel really grounded and, like, I like the depiction of explaining through, like, how trauma affects us. Um, scares, you know, I screamed in this movie out loud. I'm going mm-hmm. to give it, a, I have to give it a nine. Like I, I don't what? know. I, I mean, what? I like literally screamed. I was like hiding behind like open fingers and yeah. just, you know, the, <clears throat> the sound of it all. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I, yeah, too much, too much for me. <laughs> um, the shakes, the shakes for shakes, I will give it an eight. Um, cause I'm still really thinking about this movie a lot and have recommended it to people if they're looking for something that will make them poop their pants. Yeah. Nikisha, how much did you poop your pants? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I will give the skulls a seven, um, because yeah, I just love the emphasis on the dealing with trauma. So, and I think that the people were peopling, even though I didn't like how they were peopling, but it, it's, you know, fair what they did. Scares. I'm going to give it a five, um, because there was a lot of good gore and blood and stuff, but I never really got spooky spooked and, uh, shakes. I'll give it a six. It'll, it'll stay with me. I I enjoyed this movie. Sure. Um, I'm also going to give skulls a seven. Um, I'm, I'm giving scares an eight because yes, the jump scares got me a lot. And I think it was also conducive to the movie theater experience. But I also think the way this movie ends in terms of like, these people couldn't escape their traumas in the end is actually more terrifying than any of the, um, jump scares. And then I'll give Mm. this an eight for shakes. Um, this is one that I'll remember for like not only as one of my favorites from 2022 in a year of very good horror movies, but also yeah. I, I think it was saying a lot, pretty straightforward, saying a lot of things that I necessarily hadn't seen this way in a horror movie before. Um, uh, and yeah, as Jamie said, now that it's on Paramount Plus, um, I've definitely been suggesting it to people now that it's easy, easily accessible. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Suggestions. Let's go around the horn. Uh, Nikisha, let's start with you. Suggestions. Yeah. The minute that this movie started, I thought about It Follows. So it has to be in a two-pack with that. And I'll also throw in uh, Sir Robert Duke for the trauma aspect of it. But it definitely is It Follows all the way. (laughs) Jamie? Yeah, I have that on my list. I also have The Ring as, like, you know, one of the... (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I also put Truth or Dare for the creepy faces. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you want another movie that has unsettling creepy hmm, face, <laughs> um, that you're welcome to those of you on YouTube. Uh, then yeah, watch that. I mean, it's fine. It just says the creepy faces. <laughs> um, I had a lot of those. Uh, just as like best of 2022, I'd also and and going in not knowing anything, I would suggest Barbarian. Um, <clears throat> and then um, this is another weird one. Um, and I know it's very kind of different, but I like I mentioned, I love the what do I do to get rid of this curse? And um, you know, if we're going to talk about endings that are kind of fire, um, uh, drag me to hell. Oh, so good. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Endings, no pun intended. Man. Endings that are fire. Actually, oh. full, full <laughs> pun intended for both. Cool. Yes, yeah. yes, that's so good. Yeah. And didn't you just recently do a TikTok? On I did. That as I well? did. It just kind of has popped in my head recently a lot. Um, and uh, yeah. this movie definitely had a lot of similarities in, in terms of type of movie, not necessarily in tone mm. at all. Um, but I would say mm. doing very similar things in two very, very different ways. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Well, that wraps up our episode of Smile. You can, uh, fo- I don't know why I said that. Like, uh, <laughs> you can follow oh, us on all of the social medias, the Instagram, the Twitter for however long that lasts, like Brian said, <laughs> and uh, TikTok at TalkHorrorPod. And you can follow us on YouTube and see our smiles as we talk about all of our horror movie things. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure, you can listen to us wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. Um, Remember, um, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. I got smiled. And thank you. And you know, I also really liked when she couldn't trust the therapist in that one scene um, where the therapist attacks her. That was also unsettling, too. Just this idea that who who can you trust if not your therapist? You know what I mean? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that's so sad, but so good. Fantastic. Well, I don't know how we should sign off. Any any suggestions? You're anything? gonna die. You're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I hated that. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, can you wow. imagine filming that? Like no sound effects, no nothing. Just this like one actor guy being like, you're going to die. You're going to die. And like it kind of being hilarious and not scary at all. And how the editing truly right. makes that scene unsettling. <laughs> mm. So unsettling. Oh, yeah. So but good. even worse, I think is because uh, I was looking up quotes when the monster at the end, it takes the form of her mother and she's like, why are you doing this to me? And mm. the monster says, because your mind is so interesting. Oh, I don't so, even remember that. Have a, have a good time with your nightmares, <laughs> friends. Oh. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>